With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. 
Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. FanDuel Sportsbooks wants you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. I got a little same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Uh, You got a little Rams-Seahawks. The Rams need Stafford to play well, score a lot of points to beat the Seahawks. So I'm going to create a parlay with the Rams to win, Stafford's passing props, and the Rams' total points. And we'll get better odds than I would by taking the Rams' spread or money line, so I might as well do it. And and look, I love betting on the NFL and, and, and playing that action with the NFL with the FanDuel Sportsbook because there's a lot of great stuff they give you. We know about the fast payouts. We know how easy it is to use. We know how safe and secure it is. We know they're America's number one sportsbook, but the same game parlay bets is a huge clincher for me. You can find it there. That's why they're the best in the business. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. It's a lot of emotion in one game, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that, just sign up with promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. That's promo code JBOY, J-B-O-Y. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the JBOY Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the JBOY Show. And you're watching the JBOY Show. And thanks for watching the JBOY Show. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday. We are live from the College Football Hall of Fame, as usual, from 2 to 3 Central, 3 to 4 Eastern. Shout out to the Booster Club. Appreciate you guys joining us. Got a great show today. Going to talk a little bit in the monologue uh, about Ed Orgeron, uh, some of the things going on at LSU. Is this a must-win this weekend at Kentucky? Kiaris Jackson's going to join us, going to talk about uh, just how they've been, you know, trying to keep the pace, playing at Auburn, a big rivalry game this weekend, and talk about their mindset. Let me say this. Their mindset on the road before everybody freaks out. Uh, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer. Will he come back to college? Because it looks kind of crazy right now down there in Jacksonville. You know, had a girl kind of dancing on him, grooving on him a little bit. We'll talk about that. Uh, Grant Morgan, really excited. This is a great conversation. Arkansas linebacker is going to join us. You guys are going to love it. Dude's a future coach, 100%. We even talk about it. Then we're going to break down our top 10 teams. May look a little bit different 
th- than other people's top 10. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people can have different ways, yeah. but the parity in college football today uh, is awesome outside of Alabama and Georgia, really. And we're going to get to that. But first, I want to talk about this Ed Orgeron situation. And, you know, I-, I don't like to be the guy that says you need to fire this guy or somebody needs to get fired. I know they, t- they make a lot of money and people say that's part of the deal and it is part of the deal. But I still don't like, you know, trying to tell get somebody out of their job or talk about them being fired or, or losing their income, even though I think the Orgeron family would be fine. But I look at LSU, and we talked about this after the UCLA game, and he kind of had some fool's gold with McNeese, Central Michigan, went and beat a Mississippi State team that just, you know, went and beat Texas A&M. That win was pretty good on the road. Any SEC win on the road is. But then you come back home against an Auburn team that's deficient at a couple position groups. And, I mean, Auburn fans will tell you that. Uh, anywhere from the offensive line to wide receiver. And get a lead. You're up 19-10, to 10, up 9 pretty late. And you end up blowing it. Bo Nix, you know, played the game of his life again two years in a row against LSU. But I'm looking at LSU right now, removed from 2019. And I think a lot of LSU fans will agree. It just it doesn't look right. And you pair it with the outside stuff, uh, and I'm not going to dive too far into that. And it's a mixture that, that can lead to somebody being let go this quick after winning a national championship. Because a lot when you look at LSU, I don't think talent is the issue. And if talent is the issue at LSU, you've got much bigger problems uh, than if it was the other. Because LSU almost recruits itself. They dominate that state, a state that is fruitful with athletes uh, in a lot of sports. Louisiana does a really good job per capita, especially the more southern Louisiana you get of, of putting guys not only in college, Division One level, but in the league. But I watch LSU, and I watch them offensively, and their lack of ability to run the ball, and as bad as that offensive line is, just shocks me, and it's weird to see. And, you know, in 2019, they'd get an empty and throw it around with Joe Burrow, caught lightning in a bottle. Joe Brady was a heck of an O.C., but LSU's always been able to run the ball pretty well. And they've always been able to recruit linemen, especially offensive linemen, very well. And, and just watching the guys they have out there, it just doesn't look right. Either either they're not good enough, which would be shocking in itself, or they're not getting coached up. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. For two straight years now, LSU has struggled to tackle in the open field. Now, they have a few guys. I know Stingley wasn't out there. There's some, there's some guys that make some plays. But LSU just doesn't look like LSU. And if you look, it's, it's like bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news. And the minute you think you're getting out of it, it hits again. And you look at the schedule right now. And Cone, Cone has the schedule over there. They go to Kentucky this weekend. And the question is, is this a must-win game for Ed O? I think it is. Because if they lose this one and it starts getting worse and worse and worse, you could have a very ugly season by the time you get to the end of it. And if you're an LSU fan, there's two trains of thought. One, you can hope, you know, he turns it around and and this is just speed bump number two, two straight speed bumps in a row, and and they'll be back uh, next year. Or you rip the Band-Aid off. And a lot of it has to do with the coaching landscape and who's available out there. And you look. Got Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Joe Brady's not leaving the NFL. And LSU, Billy Napier, even though they said, you know, politics in Louisiana probably wouldn't let that happen, which is so short-sighted to me. The market's not bad right now. Urban Meyer probably coming back to college, even though I think there may be another job that he has on his mind when that happens. But if you're an LSU fan, how much is enough? Well, what's, what's, what's enough to say, all right, this, this can't happen? Because an Auburn team, there's been a lot better Auburn teams, just went down to Baton Rouge at night, which is your bag. That's what LSU is known for. Death Valley at night, the place where dreams go to die. And you let an Auburn team that's deficient at multiple position groups go down there 
and rip one from you late. The time when LSU was supposed to be making plays. LSU at night and LSU in general, with the athletes that they have, but especially at home, should strike the fear of God in you when you walk into that place. Something's not right. Something is lost in translation. And typically when you see that, on-the-field stuff directs pretty closely to what happens off the field. How is it going in the meeting room? How is it going game planning? A lot of stuff can go into losing. Then you look at the mental toughness. How do you respond when it's going bad? LSU was doing pretty well when they were up and everybody's excited and this, that, and the other. But when they got down on that last drive, you knew they weren't going down to score. And they will be one-dimensional throughout the whole season. The run game is not going to get fixed. It is what it is. They literally quit trying to run the ball. LSU, at night, in Death Valley, huge game, ESPN, when the lights are the brightest, didn't show up at the end. When they should be putting a dagger in people. When they went up nine, it should have been lights out. But there's an edge missing from this team. And it's an amalgamation of things. And when you start having things pile up on the field and off the field, because when you're winning, some of the off the field stuff just gets swept right under the rug. And I'm not talking about, you know, sexual assault and stuff like that, but just not great habits. Not great habits in the facility. Not great habits in the weight room. Not great habits in the meeting room. Not great habits mentally. How to finish somebody. And you got to take your hat off to Auburn. They went down there and just took it from them. They said, all right, Ed, you want to give it to us? We're going to take it. And they did. Auburn won that game. But the fact that LSU at home cannot run the ball when it felt like it was starting to go good again. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going up to Lexington. And they're excited up there. And it's not about the round ball. Mark Stoops has them ready, and they want blood, and they're confident. What happens if LSU goes out there and loses to Kentucky? Who do they got after that, Cone? So they go Florida at home, Florida at home at Ole Miss, then a bye, and then at Alabama. What's going to stop Florida from just controlling the whole game, running the ball while LSU can't? Yep. What's what's going to stop Florida's defensive line from harassing Max Johnson like he's been getting harassed with the offensive line that LSU has? Then you got Ole Miss. They could lose the next five, man. They could lose the next five at Kentucky, Florida at home, at Ole Miss, then a bye at Alabama and Arkansas at home. They could really lose all five of those games. Absolutely. The question is, how many games do they have to lose for it to happen during the season? Ask the Booster Club that. I want LSU fans, whether it's on social media or whatever, tell me, how many games is it going to take? Because you'd much rather rip the Band-Aid off. Because don't think if LSU goes 4-8 and eight or 5-7, and seven, that's not going to be hung over their head in recruiting. It's going to, I promise you. I prom- Negative recruiting happens everywhere. Anybody that says they don't negative recruit is not telling you the truth. And LSU can survive just off being LSU, but for how long? How long? You know, people thought Tennessee could survive just off being Tennessee. People thought USC could survive just off being USC. But in today's society, and how it's been for a long time, Perception is reality. And the perception that LSU is, it's chaotic. On the field and off the field. 
So, LSU fans, I want your thoughts at the J-Boy Show on social media. I want to know what you think. How many games out of this five-game stretch? They start off 0-2? What's their overall record right now? Think about it. UCLA they lost. Are... Then they're 3-1. 3-2? 3-2, They are 3-2 right three and now. 3-2 right now. So, you go lose to Kentucky, you're 3-3. Three three. Yep. Florida, Ole Miss, Bama, Arkansas, Monroe at home, and A&M at home. Well, I, think I, right I now... say if they lose to Florida at home, he's out. They, they lose, lose Kentucky the ne- and Florida at home, he's out. They lose the next two games, he's gone. I think he's gone. I really think And if they get boat raced against Kentucky, if Kentucky beats them up bad, he might be gone after that. I don't know if that'll happen just with Kentucky's style of play. Yeah, well, you know, uh, again, my, my biggest question for Kentucky is can they come down a little bit? Gotcha. You know, we got to talk about people rebounding off, off you know, bad losses. Hey, we got to show up and play better. We're embarrassed, this, that, and the other. Sometimes, you know, I used to tell guys during the game, you know, you made a big play, you made a pick. Like, hey, man, that's great. That's great. But just like we get up after you get beat, you got to go back in there and do it again. Because yep. more guys get beat after they make a good play then get beat after they make a bad yeah. play. After you make a bad play, it's like, oh, well, I can't get embarrassed again. I've got to play my best, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. After a good play, man, you're out there feeling yourself, man, maybe I can take some chances. You know, maybe it's my night. This, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, double move, pop, pop. See ya. Gonzo the clown. So, and, and again, I don't like rooting. I'm not rooting for people to get fired. I don't, I don't want that to be misconstrued. But this isn't LSU. I've watched LSU. I've watched college football, SEC, my whole life. Has LSU always been great? No. But I can go all the way back to 2004. Like, LSU was tough. Like, literally, yeah. physically tough. There's a level of fear. A level that of fear. That's exactly right. When you go right. play in Death Valley, there's a level of fear that naturally came with that game when you played against LSU. And, and you watch it You watch it the other night. Yeah. It's Armand didn't flinch. Yeah. But LSU didn't take it. LSU was up nine, guys, in the second half. At home. That, that at home, for a night game, used to be a death sentence. You just hope you don't lose by 25. To me, to me, it's LSU's missing an identity. They are. They're just well, missing an identity. And it goes back to what they're doing with Max Johnson, you know, with Jake Peets at the home offensive coordinator. You know, you can do certain things with rhythm when it comes to offense. I don't know if Max is going up through two plays and seeing what he's likes and Cannon one and going to the second. But it, check with me every play and snapping the ball with more three or four that. seconds. Yeah, it's a culture the, thing. That's the specific. That, that, and that is the worst. That is a thing. terminal illness. I used that, use that term earlier after they lost to UCLA. But, guys, again – if I'm Jake Peets, I can't run the ball. Like, how do you call? It is, it's hard enough to call plays. It really is hard enough to call plays. But how can you call plays effectively if, if 50% of what you want to do, you can't do? And if I'm a defense, Auburn was playing three down and literally saying, run it. I dare you to run it because I know that you know that I know that you can't run it. And at home? That's just – that's like somebody being able to just come in there and, like I said, just come in your living room, sit down, grab the remote, look at you, and and tell you and your wife, hey, go cook me a steak. And it just – it shocks me. Not that LSU hasn't lost before in the past, but the way they're losing, the the physicality. When I watch them hit now, when LSU used to hit you, I mean, it it, it was like a train wreck. Like guys were going in there just throwing. Mm -hmm. I watch LSU now, and it's more about – Man, do I look good? You know, how cool do yeah. I? Let me celebrate after after everything. And and Max Johnson, guys, I'm telling you, he's a good player. He yeah. is. Max he Johnson's is. a good he's player. A, a good that player though he made the boot and double coverage, the Ooh, first touchdown they had? Several of them. And I know the SEC Network called his wide open throw to the guy who was 30 yards a dime. That was the dime. Let me correct yeah. you. That was a dime. Max Johnson can do it. But Max Johnson, there's not a lot of quarterbacks, guys, that can go out there and say, all right, we don't have a run game, and they know we don't have a run game, so they're just going to mix coverages the whole time and be able to bring exotic pressures, and I'm just going to have to figure out my way through it. And early in that game, the short pass was working 
because Auburn was was playing so far off. Yeah. And all of a sudden they started tightening up a little bit. But if you're an LSU fan, how much is enough? How much of this you do you have to watch? Because it's not just that you're losing; it's the way you're losing. That's the thing, and that surprise. We talked about this after the UCLA loss, but it surprises me so mm-hmm. much that this is happening under the leadership of Coach O. That's what surprises me the most. Because normally the CEO type head coaches are the ones who can best handle and control the culture of a team. If you're going to say, "Well, LSU had a, just a perfect scenario in 2019," they're never going to recapture that, and they're they're suffering schematically because they no longer have a Joe Brady type. Okay, but we're talking about a loss of culture here you know what we talked about yesterday Iowa okay you can't sit here and tell me that Iowa has that much better football players than LSU right no, now they and, don't. and what are they doing they're dominating everybody yeah. if you if, if you can't do that at LSU like what what I was doing that's that's on the head coach it's right? true and you can say what you want about Les Miles you can say what you want about him unless he's done some crazy stuff I mean eating grass all the off the field stuff I get it but they were physical like, LSU was physical. They were physical enough the quarterback was lead blocking on short yeah. toss. It was lead toss with the quarterback blocking. They were just tough. Was it pretty? No, but they were tough. When I think of LSU, I think of Jacob Hester, guy that comes on this show a lot. When I think of LSU, I think of Honey Badger. I think of, you know, and Devin Craig White, Stelts. like Craig Stelts. Guys are just coming downhill and trying to kill you. Patrick Peterson. And guys up front that are just pass rushers that are just nuts off the edge, interior D linemen that are walking guys back. Do you remember the physical wars that Alabama and LSU used to have? Leonard Fournette. I mean, you know, that was NC-17. 10 to 7. Now, just. now it's G. Now it's like going to see Monsters, Inc. and IMAX. You went from going to see The Conjuring to Monsters, Inc. And at the end of the day, that's not LSU. And the LSU fans, they ain't going to stand for this much longer. I'm just telling you, they go up and lose to Kentucky, it may happen then. And I'll give you a sneaky name in there to remember before we get to Karis Jackson. Dave Aranda. Mm. Really? Dave Aranda. And Scott Wor- look, Scott Woodward ain't afraid to pay people. Scott Woodward can throw the bag out there. Yeah. But Dave Aranda is a sneaky, sneaky name here. So and what do you think? What do you that. think Coach O would have to do to retain his job at this point? Mm, you better get hot. You better get hot. And you better beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. And I'm not saying he has to beat Bama because they're not going to beat Bama. But they, to me, they got to go eight and four. I think seven and five may, may be the nail. Six well, and was, six for well, sure. They were five and five last year, right? Yeah. You go six and six. Look that you. Here's the thing: you let the LSU fan base sippeth from the cuppeth in 2019, and it's just like anything. Once you get a taste, it's like eating ramen your whole life, and then all of a sudden, you know, getting like some some tortellini or something from an Italian restaurant. You just take a bite of it. You don't want that ramen anymore. LSU fans don't want ramen anymore. They want that nice pasta. They want that that lobster pasta with the garlic and the butter. You got a taste of the real thing. Start tucking your napkin in your shirt up here. And That's put what in I'm your saying. Laps. Don't Everything pour over right. me. Yeah, exactly. Don't pour over me. You sat at the king's table, and now you're with the jester. And LSU fans, they ain't gonna take it. <laughs> no. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I do, I got buddies, but buddies that are they are not they are not up for this. They are not up for this, and and I think it's a matter of time. I don't see them getting hot. I don't see him getting well, high. They have problems that are basically impossible. To, it's, it's not going to fix in the next week. Illness. Yeah. 
All right, let's get Kiara Jackson in here from Georgia. Uh, and, and look, I do want to say something before we do this. You know, I put out a teaser uh, tweet on Twitter. Uh, teaser tweet that's on tough. Twitter. That was that's, that's tough. tough. <laughs> that's Miss Muffet tough. And he's talking about he has a quote in here talking about their mindset for road games. And I, I tweeted out, teased it out. Everybody freaked out. You know, I took it down for out of respect for Kiaris just because everybody was freaking out about it. But look, it's it's what he said, and it's the mindset you want your guys to have on the road. Yeah. Like I don't, where, where are we in society? Yeah. Like the people be like, oh, it's bulletin board material and this, that, and the other. But it wasn't nefarious. I mean, what what do you want them to say? Like we don't want to be efficient yeah, on offense. Like we just want to go play. We okay. don't want to score. We want to win. Yeah. We want to win a really close game. Yeah, we <laughs> just want to win a really close game. We want we want the Auburn fans to be happy. Yeah. Look, this is football. This is how it should be. Let's bring Kiaris in here. All right, everybody, we are joined by standout Georgia wide receiver. I got him as the number one team in the country, Mr. Kiaris Jackson. Getting out of a little bit of treatment, getting the body right after a physical game. Kiaris, I appreciate you coming on, man. You know, glad to be on here. Good morning. For sure, for sure. Well, I want to start because something that, that I always talk about, you know, whether it be college football or in sports, is it seems the teams, I call it the NCAA basketball theory, the teams that that are able to advance and win in, in March Madness are the teams that can win in multiple ways, and they'll take what the other teams are giving them and not be greedy. When I watched you guys against Arkansas, playing that kind of three-down, umbrella in the back, keeping everything in front, can you talk about how patient you guys were, not only with the run game, but with the intermediate passing game, man? Because, again, if they're going to give it to you, you got to take it. Yeah. Going into this game, we pretty much knew what we had to do. And um, like you mentioned it, like our number one um, keys to success for this game was be patient. We knew what they was going to give us. We knew that they was going to come out and sh- give us this type of defense. But all we had to do was be patient and execute. I mean, we do that Monday through Friday, and um, it shows on Saturday. Yeah, and can you talk about, Kyrus, the unselfishness? Because, look, every receiver in the country wants to go catch the deep ball. It's like hitting a home run. It's like batting fourth. You know, the guys are going to swing yeah. as hard as they can and try and hit it out of the park because they get paid to hit the long ball. But just can you talk about what it means for you guys, you know, because it's an unselfish act for, for you guys to, to go with the game plan and do that and not be like, man, you know, throw it up to me, Stetson. I got it, whatever, whatever. Does that speak more about your team and you guys' offense than anything? Yeah, you hit the hammer on the nail. I mean, this team is very unselfish. I mean, if you go back and watch the film, we didn't have too many explosive plays downfield by passing the ball, but we made some – um, the guys on the perimeter was able to block, and that was a big thing. I mean, and the thing about it, like, we were just having fun doing it. Like, just show sometimes what, what you can do without the ball. Like, just being out there to show the physical part of the game, like putting hands on the guys and just going out there and blocking. I mean, I love to block, and it's – especially when you're springing guys loose, like our running backs, man. Once they get in space, they're dangerous. So if you can hold that block a little bit longer, then why not let them guys go be explosive? Yeah. Well, you know, wide receiver blocks turns a 40-yard gain to an 80-yard gain. And, and you know how, how yeah, that works, exactly. whether it's the corner, the safety, the nickel. If you guys can hold on, like you said, with the stable of backs you guys got. But, you know, Stetson did a good job, man. Like, we call him the accountant up here. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, you know, with Ben Affleck, <laughs> the accountant. He's just handling business. Yeah. That, that's what he does. And yeah. uh, can you just talk about Stetson coming in, you know, JT trying to get back from that nagging oblique. We all know how frustrating that is for anybody that throws anything. Uh, what do you think about Stetson's performance and him just stepping in? He just seems cool, man. He just seems like a cool – he's like the coolest – substitute teacher everybody likes in high school you know it's like he's just a cool guy <laughs> yeah that's my guy man Stet's so laid back man he just he comes in and gets the job done that's all nothing more nothing less just Stetson being Stetson and it's it shows on Saturdays I mean he's just he's a humble guy 
don't listen to what the outside is saying. The crazy thing about this man, he really gave up his his smartphone for a flip phone for some months. And I just thought <laughs> <laughs> it was funny that he's just walking around the locker room with this. Flip they still phone. make like, those gears? They still make flip phones? <laughs> That's man, still a thing. Obviously they do. <laughs> they, I guess so, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he'll have that that Nokia chirp next. You know that old school chirp everybody used to love. You know the bleep bleep. Like, yeah, that, yeah, I used to think it was the coolest thing <laughs> when I was a kid. But yeah, uh, this is gonna be walking this, around with a beeper. <laughs> <laughs> get paged to meetings like hey uh, yeah yeah know, coach Munkin's right. paging Stetson to get back to the facility they gotta go over some stuff but now Kyrus big game this yeah. weekend man they're all gonna continue to get bigger uh, especially with the target on you guys back and and Auburn Georgia man the deep south sold us rivalry rivalry we all know how crazy this game is we all know how crazy the environment's gonna be you know how excited are you guys to go down to Jordan Heron playing another big primetime game Man, it's so exciting just to be able to play in a, a top 25 matchup. Just, it's a blessing. I mean, that's what we come to Georgia to do, playing big-time games. So mm-hmm. just be able to go play on the SEC on a road game. It's going to be loud. It's going to be energetic. I mean, we know that, but we just got to be staying focused and just know what we're going in there to do, and that's the win. For sure. Let, let me ask you this, Karis, and I don't want you to have to pick because it's, it's hard to pick. You know, you love the home field. But there's something about going and playing on the road and everybody screaming at you and quieting people down as opposed to get them riled up. You guys look like you kind of relish that on the road a little bit, and I'm not talking about what you put on a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, we just we go in there. We know our main goal is to go in there and turn it to a home game. I mean, empty the stadium out and just run up the score and win and just put up put up more points than the home team. And that's the that's the most that's the main important goal each and every week, especially going on the road. For sure, for sure. Well, Kiaris, I appreciate it, buddy. I know you guys are busy in the thick of it right now, uh, playing really, really well, playing together. You guys seem connected. And uh, keep doing it, man. Enjoy having you on here and be safe out there. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. See, it's not that bad. It's good. It's good. You want to go turn turn into a home game, run up the score, and get out of there. That's that, how that I played sense. every away That's game. That's how I you should play every away game. But <laughs> I always sense. laugh. I always laugh, it, especially in robbery games. If you need bulletin board material to get excited, you're already cooked. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're already you're cooked. Done. But but to get mad and what's crazy, players on the other team would be like. That's that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. Like JT players Daniels. don't see it the way it'd be different if a player said, "You know what? I'm a roast number twenty-two Saturday. I'm a roast you." If you're a person, you're saying we want to go on the road and win. And, you know, coaches don't love anything like that. They, they don't want – that's their biggest worry about it now, this, that, and the other. But, like, that's not – that's how it should Even be. Even them. We're just – as a society, like, you just can't – don't say anything. Don't say anything. Think about if you're the University of Georgia and you hadn't won a national title in 40-plus years and this is supposed to be the year and you have the most dominant yeah, defense team like, in the country. Yeah, everybody's like, just calm down. What are you talking – like, go dominate everyone. Yeah. Have that mindset. Isn't yeah. that what Kirby has instilled in this team? JT Daniels played one quarter against Vanderbilt yeah. on the road. It's different. That's com- what you're supposed to do. It's different coming out and saying, you know, we're going to murder him. You know I mean, if he came – and if he just said that, I want to put it on. But, like, that's how it should be. That That's what a leader comes on and says. Like, what do you want him to say, man? We're worried going on the road. Whew. I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. Man, hell no. Hell no. Yeah, well, uh, we want to put up like 14 points, Max. Yeah, we want to put up 14. That's it. Yeah. We just want to put up 14 points. Playing what's, what's the Booster Club saying? Um, we got – let me get in here. I actually have a question from there. David Heron. It kind of takes us back to Arkansas a little bit. Okay. And he says, where could Barry Odom land as a head coach? Hate to lose him, but know it will happen sooner or later. 
you know, I'd have to see what jobs are open, but his name, I'm telling you, and Kendall Bryles, watch out for Kendall Bryles too, but I would think you would see Barry Odom maybe at a high G5, low P5. Uh, I don't think he's going to go to you know a place like LSU if they get rid of Ed O or somebody like that, but he's going to get another shot at it. And, and it's amazing, too. Just like anything in life, you learn from experiences. Yeah. You go through things. You have one job. It didn't work out at Missouri where he was. You learn from that. And then you take a little bit of – and being under Sam Pittman, you can learn a lot. And Sam Pittman hasn't been a head coach for that long. You know, but he's been in the game. He understands it. So I, I think you could see Barry Odom at, at a Sun Belt. Yeah. I think you could see Barry Odom maybe at an American school, something like that. And I don't mean in the country. I mean the AAC. But uh, I, I'm just really excited for him because he's a really good guy. And you can, you know, Grant Morgan, who we're bringing on here in a, in a minute, called him a genius defensively. And if you look at the, what he's done. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, it's it's. He's not, and, and Coach Odom will get another shot, and I'm sure he's going to do really well. And the Sam Pittman coaching tree already already blossoming early. Yeah. The leaves are turning early. But, guys, I want to – speaking about turning early, is Urban Meyer going to come back home to the SEC? And you look out there out west, and you look at USC, and you start to kind of wonder a little bit. You know, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if, what if you were to come back to the SEC and, and all the stuff going on in Jacksonville? Because you can just go and guys leave places and it's not a good fit for different reasons. This is just not a good fit. But after four games? Yeah. How it's just not games. a good fit. I'm just telling you right Who's now. Who's a good fit at the Jaguars? That, well, look, that's why I was saying before the show that if he was at an – and I'm talking about the fit with the Jaguars is what I'm talking about. Not, not, not just in the NFL, in, the NFL oh, in general because okay. okay. that team has no personnel. And Urban Meyer is not used to losing. And now you add – I loved he was like, yeah, we were at dinner with the grandkids and, you know, we went over and there's some people over there and this girl's just dancing on me. It's like, man, I look at that video and I'm like – Man, I've been at a bar before. I look at him, just like nice, 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 nice. nice. Uh, but uh, and and I think you know, should it be this big of a deal and all this? I, I don't, I don't know. It's funny they're like he's lost the locker room. And I've been like some players <laughs> looking at me like, dang, coach. Like nice, coach. Nice, you know. <laughs> Whatever, I mean, they whatever. won, they won is, one game. This is absolutely irrelevant in, in terms of if Urban Meyer is going to be there long term. What is relevant is what you're talking about. If it's not a good fit and if mm-hmm. he's already sick of losing after four games, probably more games than he lost <laughs> he the knew. first yeah. four it's seasons the, out of Ohio. It's not like when he had to hire the Jaguars, he's like, we'll win every game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, wait, we got Trevor game. Lawrence? But, and that's another good point. So he has the number one overall quarterback, mm-hmm. right? A generational talent, right? Don't you think he wants to, like, give that a chance? You could you could be coaching, like, a John Elway-type talent. There. I don't know. They get to 0-6. He may just be the head coach at USC for the rest of the year. I, no, I, but but <laughs> I, I want to talk about him coming back to the SEC. Let, let's, play, let's play the hypothetical game. Okay. Because okay. I have right, one for say, you. So you okay. go first, yeah. Where would – if you look at the landscape of the SEC right now, what would be a great fit for Urban Meyer? You're asking Just in the us? SEC, yes. Okay, so hold on. Because <laughs> I've got mine. I've got mine. Okay. Okay, so here's what I was going to say. If Urban Meyer was going to come back to college, there was always two places that made the most sense, right? Southern Cal or mm. Notre Dame. That's kind of what you that, heard, right? Well, it looks like Coach Cal is going to be at Notre he's Dame, gonna right? He's going to be at Notre so, Dame. Southern Cal, which I'm sure you're going to get to. But if you're talking about the SEC, here was going to be my question to you. If the owner of the Jaguars and the administrators at the University of Florida got together right now, right, <laughs> and had some sort of Dave Chappelle type draft, right, and said, listen, we will trade you straight up for Dan Mullins Mullen. of the NFL, which you've been talking about, yes. or Urban back to Gainesville, who's saying no and who's saying yes? No, first off, I think Florida fans would take Urban Meyer back in, in a, a heartbeat yeah. second. It wouldn't take long. No. And that'd be a great fit. But, you know, I keep going back and forth with this LSU thing. 
Like, would Urban be Sir, a good fit at LSU? And, and there's, we got to understand the egos in this. Who are the top guys in college football when you think about college football head coaches? Obviously, Nick Saban, who's had success. Kirby. Kirby. Dabo. 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 Um, and Urban was at the top. Yes. I mean, Urban was I mean, at the Brian top, Kelly, like right under Nick. Multiple championships at multiple places. That's exactly That's right. at the top. And I wonder if LSU were to get rid of Edo and make a run at Urban Meyer, would Urban Meyer not go there because Saban went there and won? And he may want to go someplace that one of those guys really hasn't been in one. Like, I don't think you could say Pete Carroll and USC would throw him off because they haven't been relevant in so long. So two, you're saying two, Urban wouldn't go to LSU because Nick Saban? I just, I one? wonder, like, e- ego-wise. Because these guys, well, make no mistake, like these guys have yeah, egos. I mean, two head coaches have won national titles at LSU since then, though. Yes. Yeah. That, that's true. But, again, does he want to go to a place that's won recent national titles? Does he want to bring somebody back? No, that's valid. And USC is the perfect storm. He could be a hero. Because you could be a hero at a brand-name place that you know you can win at. Yes. And bring them back and be able, everybody can say, that's the guy that brought USC back. Then all of a sudden the conversation becomes if he does bring them back, because I'll give you a hint, Urban Meyer goes to USC, they're going to be relevant really quickly, guys. Yes. Very. Then, then you're going to start saying, that, ooh, who's better, Pete Carroll or Urban Meyer? And that's a conversation that I don't think Urban Meyer minds. But you go to LSU, if he wins the national championship, people are going to be like, oh, well, Saban did it. Well, Les Miles did it. Yeah, I don't think that's what he wants. Most. I think he's the guy that when you were a kid that played NCAA Dynasty, you didn't go straight for Bama. Old Dominion. Old Dominion. I'm going Idaho and turning him a five-star prestige. Well, then let me ask you this. If that's the case, how about Tennessee? Tennessee. He Cone. could go there and win. I did not think about that. Would never that in a million years. About, tell me about Tennessee. Tennessee. But see, like Hypo's going to be there, and they're all they're all hyped up. No pun intended about beating Missouri. <laughs> but can you imagine Urban Meyer <laughs> in Knoxville? They would trade Hypo. You would never hear another word about John Gruden going to Tennessee because every time the Tennessee job opens up, they're like, "I tell you what, man, I tell you what." <laughs> I just that would be cool. See, that would be cool. Yes, it would. Have the Urban Meyer go to Mississippi State. Because at that <laughs> point, if he can't revitalize Tennessee, yeah, the Vols it. know they're yeah, in it's trouble. in trouble. It's in trouble. Hey, the you big, need your big Moses win for the Vols against Mizzou. No, yeah, that's a big win for him. Win. But, but you know. do you think if Urban comes back, it's to the SEC? I, I would be very surprised if he took – because think about what jobs are going to be open. Like this season, like, like you think this he's a one hit wonder? Done. I think it's, it may be a one and done. And like I'm not a, like a Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino situation here. Why would he ever take the Jags job if he was just going to one and done? He knew they're so about he'd to be lose. the first person. So he would be the first person that ever took a job in the NFL really quickly. It didn't go good. Well, any I think like Urban's situation no. different. All the, yeah, all the success he had in college, like he didn't have to take that Jags job. And, I know he didn't have and, to. Nobody said he and had what's to. What's his salary? Nobody ten said, mil. I think he's getting ten mil. Yeah, nobody says he has to stay either. But here's the thing. If they keep losing and this off-the-field stuff keeps piling up, the Jags may make the move. They're going to keep losing. I, th- that's like, my whole take, point. It's Look, congrats, take a Sherlock couple, Holmes. It's you figured take it a out. a couple years and some more wow. draft picks to get the Jaguars red, relatively And drafting decent. Trevor number one solidified that, yeah, right? You know you got a young a guy. Years. So you, know, you guys don't – you think Urban's at least three – going to go three in Yeah, the before he comes back to college. Three years. To rebuild at a program. Two. 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 What if the right job – but what if USC comes to Urban Meyer after this year if the Jags go 0-16 and it looks terrible and everybody's pissed and it looks like it's not working out? They're like, Coach, you want to throw the bank you, you can be the guy. You don't think – Urban takes it. He would be such a good fit Watching there. Nick Saban just every year. Just another one, another one, yeah. another one. And you're 0-16 in the NFL? Come on. Man. I can see Come him going out now. west before he comes to the SEC. 
He would be a great fit at USC, and he would win there. I mean, wherever he goes, they're going to win a national title. Look, USC's the move. Let's not play any games. Yeah. USC's the move. It's the move. If if LSU and USC both came to him at the same time with the same amount of money, USC. Yeah, USC. 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 He's probably looking at the Pac-12 like. Yeah, yeah, the competition out there is like, I can make this happen. All right, Wait so we tick. play Oregon this year and yeah. Stanford. Yeah. Um, be like, wait, what are we playing Stanford in? It's football, right? He has a new quarterback with a mustache. Not, not science Olympiad? All right, we're a good. New, a new quarterback with a mustache and long hair. And yeah. It's actually Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Devin Lawrence. <laughs> his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. A lot of people don't talk about him. He's a two-star. It's like Trevor hadn't been to the Jaguars facility all week. I think he wants to try and win in the NFL first, though. Well, I mean, he he is. But if you go 0-16 in that U.S. Because it's all circumstantial. I know. It's what it, what opens. What's open. At what time, sure. Ohio State's not going to be open anytime soon. No. Mm-mm. Florida, they they ain't getting rid of them. The only way that Florida's losing their coach is if Munn leaves somewhere. They're not getting rid of them. I mean, look around. Michigan looks like they're back a little bit with Harbaugh, and they're paying him half. They're getting the best deal out of anybody. Sounds like he would never go there anyway. Yeah, no. I'm just thinking of of blue blood programs. I mean, Washington. How long do you think think Lincoln Riley will be at Oklahoma? See, that's a good question. I think I, I love that fit. I love that fit. And the NFL really respects – look, if Cliff Kingsbury can be a head coach in the NFL after what happened at Texas Tech, Lincoln Riley can sure get in there and be fine. But this, the, the conversation is fascinating. It's fascinating to have. Because, Urban, can you just imagine Urban back in the 12-team playoff with NIL? Urban in the SEC would be insane. You would just be adding just another Titan – to the league, but I just don't. I, I look around. I mean, you can look at the West and look at the East. Hey, I don't see. I don't see him. Maybe and I don't see him going to LSU. Yeah, maybe he can come back and maybe Cristobal beat LSU you, for Urban. Because USC, you, you have the easiest path success through USC. It's the move. Hashtag the move. Maybe Jim Harbaugh could beat him then. <laughs> Rose Bowl, twenty twenty five. All of a sudden, I just I just want. I just hope Michigan beats Ohio State this I year. I do too, man. Just to see the look in your face. Like, I know hey, the look in your face. Listen, it'd be a good Thanksgiving. you just had your first child. It'd be a good Thanksgiving. And I was not there when that happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure the look in your face was, was beautiful. I'm sure it was calm. I'm sure it was just vindicating. I run into the and ball. It's like, wow. Like, <laughs> but I, I want to see your face after Michigan beats Ohio. Hey, they're going to go get one this year. And I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm going to say Ohio State. You can say Ohio. I'm oh, we're splitting State. hairs? <laughs> Bobcats, Buckeyes. Hey, hey, here we Monday, go. Hey, that Monday, I want you to hear this decked out Michigan stuff. Yeah, dude, way. I want you to. Lo- I want you to look like. Uh, oh God, I'm dress lo- up as Harbaugh. Yeah, dress up as Harbaugh. Yeah, oh, wear khakis wear cle- and you gotta wear also, khakis and cleats. Also, I have to give a quick shout. out. I don't know who hat. was it in the booster club yesterday, but someone wrote in and asked, "What did I think about uh, the navy blue pants this past yes. weekend?" Two yes. words. Whoever you were that wrote in. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wish we had done it. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, look, I saw you can a lot still of have, negative reviews on those. No, they were sick. Sick. You sick, like them. Look, you, can, you can maintain tradition and still have new aesthetics occasionally. Look, okay. they have them like this helmet right here. That's what we wore when I was there. They have the matte blue finish now on the helmet. Mm-hmm. You didn't change the helmet at all. It looks sick, right? Matte finish. You wear some navies occasionally on the road, maybe even at home under the lights. I, I've seen them wear white pants since I left, too. I love it. So you're a fan? I'm a fan. Nice. What's the booster Not club all the time. Saying, we got a lot of stuff going in the booster okay, club. Okay, yeah, I want to hear what they're saying about Urban Meyer. Did you see Urban Meyer to Miami? 
No. For, I mean, they gave Miami just gave the program $40 million, and you think they gave them Wonka's Chocolate Factory. They got to do way better here's, than here's one more thing I want to say. The answer to some of these questions, like we were talking about the other day with Florida State and Dion and all that, mm-hmm. the answer to some of these questions, we don't know because of the behind the scenes at these universities, right? As someone who's, true, whose parents true. worked in administration at universities, it's like, man, we don't know what's going on at, at these schools in terms of uh, facilities and the conversations like that. Like we said, like I was shocked when Jimbo Fisher left Florida State to take the Texas A&M job, but there was a reason for it, right? So we don't know the inner workings of what's going on at Miami and Florida State and things like that, but we have to assume that Southern Cal is still interested in winning football games, for no? Sure. Right? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, look, I, I feel like it's the best fit, best fit but we got to see what's open. We're going to have to see what's open, and, and – um, Get to the booster club, Blaine. I want to so see what a, they yeah, sound because I know they got a lot to say. We have a question here from John Addison. It's kind of funny. If Urban went to Vandy, how many years until they compete for the SEC championship? Now, that's a question. The, Jake, what you got? Say it again. Let me hear it one more time. If Urban went to Vandy, how many years until they compete for the SEC championship? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Five? Six, but I still don't think. Look, first off, he wouldn't take that. I never said he was a miracle worker. That's why what James Franklin did at Vandy was all time. You won nine games two years in a row. He's the greatest coach in Vanderbilt history for those two years. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, I just don't see a world. I'm just trying to think of Urban Meyer at Vandy right now and just how the aesthetics of that would look. Like they'd actually have people in the stands. It'd just be nuts. He'd but win it, there. Wherever he goes, he'd go to UConn. He'd go it, anywhere. The only way he'd go there is if they like let him start getting more people in, like academically. He'd be like, listen, oh. y'all need to let him in. Like, you know, Notre Dame lets people in. We got to do it. Blaine, what else did Bush We have a say? question here from Tyre Pixels. He says, do you see Urban maybe to Nebraska? Ooh. They're That's playing better. Question. They're playing better right That's now. But Nebraska fans would jump at Urban. I love that. That's why we have the Booster Club. That is That's still, why we have yeah. it right Hashtag there. they get it. Yeah. Man, that's a good question because that let, is still a blue blood program, but it'd be harder to win there than USC, true. Nebraska, Miami, any of the other ones, you know? No, no, I, I agree. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, Nebraska is a place where I still think, even though national recruiting and huddle and all that stuff and the games change so much, yeah. I mean, if anybody could do it, it'd be Urban. I, I like that fit. And they would go nuts. Yeah. They would go nuts. I love that. There's, there's so a, few of these guys who you know you can count on to win if for you sure. bring them Absolutely. into a program. For sure. You know? For sure. But speaking about winning, and Blaine, we'll get back to the Booster Club later sure. on this. Let's get Grant Morgan in here from Arkansas. This is one of my favorite interviews we've done. All right, as promised, everybody, Arkansas standout linebacker Grant Morgan joins us, one of my favorite guys to watch play the game, uh, especially inside the box. Grant, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, Jake, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, let's get right into it. You know, you, you're a guy, and, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we came on, that this played for three different head coaches at Arkansas, and, and Bielema, and then Coach Morris, and obviously now Coach Pittman. It's a crazy start to a journey and, and nearing the end of the journey. What does it mean to you now with where you guys are and, and how you've kind of changed the perception of the Arkansas program? As a guy that went through three head coaches, man, that's that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, to be able to see where we've come from and to see what this team's endured over the time, it's, mm. it's literally just like, it's almost like a movie. It's like we're finishing out. like It's like a, it's a happy ending. It's something we didn't ex- ever see those last couple of years. So, uh, to say we're four and one and be ranked the top fifteen right now, like it's almost like a it's a happy ending that we never saw coming. But yeah. we know we know why it's here. It's because Coach Pittman, the way we work, 
Uh, it's I've never been a part of something like this, so you can definitely te- or see why we're we're going this way. What what is it, Grant? What is it that's different about the the way Coach Pittman approaches things and structures things that that makes you say that? And and I can tell it's genuine. Yeah, um, it's that. It's right there. It's genuine. Um, the way we work, though, like we don't we don't talk about working just because we talk, we like talking about it. We actually work, um, mm. in the old coaching staffs, we didn't like, we, we thought there was a secret sauce of success and with coach Pitt, there's no secret sauce. Everything's out on the table and it's, it's showing people right there. Like this is the only way to win is to go to work every single day. Um, we, we have a chip on our shoulder still. Like we've been, we've, this is coach Pitt's now a uh, 16th game in the sec and we've not been favored in a single sec game. So like we have that chip on our shoulder, we we have no respect still. So we're a 13th ranked team in the nation. Uh, so it's just we come pissed off and we play pissed off. Man, I can tell. You know, after the Texas game, one note I made about you guys defensively is that y'all play with maximum maximum effort, but it's under control. You know, I always use the baseball analogy. If you're going to swing the bat harder, you've got to focus even more on fundamentals, you know, eye discipline and stuff like that. But it looks like you guys are out there not thinking too much either. You're just playing, and that's a credit to not only Coach Pitt, but Barry Odom as well. How's the, how's the D.C. doing, man? Because I love y'all's style. It's really smart. You, you make the offense take what you give them, and you don't give them big chunks. And we both know how greedy offenses are, Grant. Yeah, and that's, that's the truth. Offenses nowadays, they want to – they want to do smoke and mirrors. They want to take those long shots. And when you take away those and simplify your defense, like it's, it's hard to score points. Um, but the way it goes now is you got to be able to stop the run. And every good offense has a run. Like when you look at Ole Miss, you look at Georgia, like they're averaging a lot of yards on the ground. And uh, yeah. to be able to do that, especially the way we play, we have to show multiple fronts. We have to show a lot of different uh, variations of what we do so they don't have a just an easy run or easy eight yards every single time they touch the ball. So. Um, it's a challenge in the SEC now, but the way we play, Coach Odom is a genius. Uh, he knows what to do. Um, but mm-hmm. the offenses nowadays, they want to go long balls every single time. Uh, you got offensive lines like Kiffin and Leach in our in our league now, so they want to want to throw it a lot. They want to run it a lot. They just want to be able to score fifty on you every time. Yeah, yeah. A couple of them got Hogwarts degrees, and and you can tell it's tough to stop them. But you know, Grant, take me back to the moment, if you don't mind. After you guys beat A&M, and I know that's in the past and you guys are focused on Ole Miss, but just sweeping the state of Texas after all the stuff you guys had heard, you know, and, and with Arkansas struggling, just right when that last second ticked off the clock, was it kind of a surreal moment for you and, and you guys with all you guys have put in and where you guys were and where you are now? Yeah, um, it was definitely surreal. So, like, whenever we whenever we knew we were kneeling, whenever we knew the, the game was over, was it was a fact that, like, I've never beat Texas A&M. My brother, who was on the team before me, never beat Texas A&M. So, like, it was wow. nine, ten years of never beating A&M for Morgan family. And uh, to see us beat them, uh, especially my last year, and to say, listen, like, we just swept the state of Texas, um, it, it really does. And they're really two good football teams. Um, Texas is blowing out everybody. Now they're running the ball like crazy. Buren Robinson's a stud. And we to what we did to him and what how we – funneled that offense into what we wanted to do and now how we mm-hmm. did against AM. Like that was a surreal moment for us as a team to say, like, listen, like we 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 can do this. Like we're beating good teams. Um and not it's not just good teams in the Big Twelve or like we beat an SEC team that was expected. They were top ten at the time. So um it was surreal. It was it was our work paid off. We didn't just sit there and say, hey, we got lucky on this one. No, it was we knew we were going in there and we knew we were gonna win because 
we knew what we put in the work. We knew what we were mm -hmm. going to do beforehand. So uh, it was surreal to see it all go into fruition. Uh, no doubt. And, and, you know, it's funny, Grant, when I watch you guys, good defenses always have leaders at every level. And and when I watch you guys, y'all actually have a surplus of leaders, it looks like to me. I mean, Hayden Henry's a guy that came as a walk-on and is balling right now. And then you look in the middle, uh, you and Bumper Pool, which may be the greatest name in sports. I don't, I'm sure that you've heard that a million times. And then Catalan in the back. How important is it to have guys? Because, again, you're the linebacker. You're the captain of the defense. You're the guy in the middle. But how important is it to have guys that hold each position group accountable at each level because the best teams, and I know Coach Pittman talks about this, the best teams police themselves, and, and I feel like that's what y'all got. Yeah. Um, we talk about it all the time. This isn't Coach Pittman's team. This is our team. Um, mm -hmm. If we want to be good, we have to be able to run the show. Um, we have to be able to go out and want to practice on this Tuesday. We have to be able to say, hey, look, you're not getting the job done. You either get the job done or someone else is going to take your spot. So that's like how that. that's how kind of how we do it. Um, we talked about it yesterday. I led the team in a call up yesterday, and it's every day is a choice. Like we have a choice to be great. We have a choice to come out here and work. Like we're going to beat Ole Miss this week. We're going to beat Ole Miss by working out on Monday or working on a Monday and how we work on Monday. We can't let them beat us on a Monday. Uh, we have to have a better Monday than they do. Um, yes. So the way we're going to beat them is we have to beat them every single day. So that's that's what we do. That's what we lead as players. Um, Coach Pitt says it all the time, too. He, he knows it's not his team. He doesn't want it to be his team. He wants it to be our team. Uh, so that's kind of how we do it. When you have a good group like us, and then we have Catalan, and you have guys up front like Markel, who's leading the D-line, and stuff like that, Like you have guys who can be able to take ownership of every single aspect of the game. And it's fun to watch, and it's fun to be a part of. For sure. Man, I know you got a lot of ball left in you, but I see coaching in your future. I don't know if that's what you want to do, man, but my spotty senses are tingling on that. Grant, Grant, I do want to look at this Ole Miss team because every every week presents a new challenge. Obviously, they're going to be pissed off coming off the Alabama game where they got shut out in the first half in a big game. You know, everybody had, had kind of hyped that one up a little bit. You know, when you watch this offense, you brought it up earlier. Everybody thinks about the pass, but the run game is a huge staple of what they do because without balance, you don't stay on the beam. Just uh, – how do you guys approach this game against Ole Miss? Because it's like I said, it's another great challenge, and that's how it is in life in the SEC, especially the SEC West. Yeah, uh, to beat a team like this, that's pretty much fifty-fifty in running and passing. You have to take away one of them, um, and to be able to control the game, you have to take the run game away. Uh, mm -hmm. So our goal is to shut down their run. They're they're a really good run team. A lot of teams haven't been able to shut down their run game, uh, so it's going to be a challenge for us. And we we accept the challenge, and we're going to hopefully go and do that. Uh, but it starts every single day. Um, the way they play is very multiple. It's kind of like our defense. If you ask me, it's kind of like our defense. They show I, I so agree. many different things. They screen so many times. Um, they show so many motions. So the way we do it is you have to simplify our defense. You have to make our defense easy. So what we see from them, we aren't trying to think so much, what do I do here? What do I do here? You just know your job and go play football. Uh, Coach Odom says it all the time. Football is an easy game. It's just running and hitting the person with the ball. Um, so that's what we got to do. We got to be able to make good tackles and go and run and hit the guy with the ball. For sure. And, and uh, Grant, I appreciate you joining us, man. Last question before I let you go. What does it mean to you before that game when you walk in that locker room and you see that Arkansas jersey and you know you're about to put it on and, and go represent you know, the whole state of Arkansas and the University of Arkansas? What does that mean to Grant Morgan as, as a family, as a family Razorback? You know, you guys, you guys are Razorbacks, you and your brother. And uh, what does that mean to you? Um, our state, our state is genuine. Um, it's Coach Pittman. Uh, it's me. It's every player. 
our state is genuine because we are we're what well, Arkansas we're the representation of Arkansas every time we go yes. out on Saturday every time I put that jersey on we're a blue collar we work hard we're physical we're tough uh, when our name's called we get the job done that's Arkansas that's Arkansas to us it's Arkansas to me uh, we, we don't have fancy attractions. We don't have a Six Flags. We don't have amusement parks. We don't have an NFL team. We are the NFL team. Like, we are mm. going out there every Saturday to represent our state, represent the three million people in the state of Arkansas. It doesn't have a big name. Uh, so we can live through, they can live through us. We can play for them um, and really just put state on our back because we know that's what everybody wants to be a Razorback. So when I'm playing on that Razorback field, like, they, I know, like I'm representing every single person. So to be able to put that jersey on, run through the A, uh, play with the state of Arkansas on my chest, uh, it, it means more than the world could ever imagine. Just because we know what this state represents, and we know what we represent when we go out there and play. Yeah. And man, that comes out on the field. You can see it every time you guys play, win, lose, or draw. And Grant, I appreciate it, buddy. This has been fantastic. Let's do this again. Good luck to you this weekend. Stay healthy, man, and keep seeing it. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. 
Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. And he said it there. I mean, you know, he's got the state on his back, and that's the way them guys have been playing. And, yep. and you look at you look at Georgia, and Georgia's going to do that to a lot of teams. I mean, they out physicaled. They had more depth. I mean, Sam Pittman, the program's just not there yet, and Kirby's done a really good job of accruing talent. And those guys are playing together, playing connected. But man, just a real interview. You know what I'm saying? And, and yep. that that to me, that interview right there kind of signifies what this Arkansas team is for to sure. Me. Guys handling their business because they're expected to handle their business. If you look at Arkansas, and see, that's the difference I see between Arkansas and LSU. Arkansas is out there doing it for each other. Like, you don't see them celebrating solo by themselves. The first thing they do when they make a play is they're dapping up their teammates. And that tells me a lot more about the culture at Arkansas compared to the culture at LSU right now. And that's a real thing. And the crazy part is LSU has better players that's than what, Arkansas. That's, so that's another good example. I used Iowa, but let's just replace it with Arkansas. You're yeah. going to tell me that Arkansas has that much better players than LSU they right don't. now, which tells you it's coming from the top. That's exactly right. right. And, and I just thought that was a really genuine interview. we got to get Grant on again. I mean, him messaging back yeah, and forth. We're going to do that again. Shout out to, uh, to Woo Pig Suey on that. But... Let's get to the top 10 because there's just been so much movement. I'm just so happy that this year we can actually talk about the top five and the top 10 in the playoff and it not just be the same talking points of, well, we know these three teams, probably four teams are going to get in, but can Notre Dame sneak in there? <laughs> you know, can, can this side or the other sneak in there? Now it's, we've got Cincy, we've got Iowa, we've got Penn State, you've got Ohio State with a loss, Clemson with three losses, Oregon with a loss, on the road against an unranked Stanford, Bama and Georgia look like they're out front. Which is not changing. That's a normal talking point. But outside of that, it, we actually have something that the target has moved a little bit. So let's start 6 through 10, Cone, as okay. we usually do. Let's count this down from from 10 to 6. Uh, we'll go backwards. 10, Arkansas. I'm keeping them in there. You lost to the best team in the country at their place. Did they get dominated? Yes. But it's hard for me. It's not like you went and lost to Stanford like that. It's not like you went and lost to, to somebody UCLA. that was at UCLA like that. So I'm going to keep them at number ten. I'm going to keep. I'm going to put Ohio State at nine. I'm going to put Oregon at eight. All right, Oklahoma. They're undefeated. Have to keep them in there. Looked a little better offensively last week. You know, K State's not a great team, but they've been kind of snake bitten against them lately. And they got Texas this week. You got Texas this week. So we're going to find out a little bit. And I expect that game to be a lot lower scoring than at least what the over under looks mm-hmm. right now. And then you have making their debut. Not at ten. Not at nine. Not at eight or seven. At number six, jumping up and touching the Go Blue Banner. Go Big Blue Banner. It's Michigan, boys. Stay the course week by week. Stay the course. One week at a time. Stay the course. Look at us. Stay the course. One week at a time. Look at us. Get a win in Nebraska. Is it the show? Is it the reason? Is the show the reason that Michigan is back? Have you done this? crazier things have happened. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's fun uh, to talk let's about. Let's talk about number 10 for a second, though, because um, what we had talked about was you know, there was some talk about BYU. There yep. was some talk about Michigan State, mm-hmm. Mel Tucker and them. But I think we all agreed, like, hey, Arkansas, a lot of people are going to lose to Georgia like that. True. Right? I mean, so. Very true. Well, again, I'm not going to punish you for going on the road against the number one team and getting handled, especially when I think that that number one team, without a doubt, has the most dominant side of the ball in college football, speaking about Georgia's defense. 
But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not going to drop you super far for that. It's like it's like dropping somebody in the top ten in basketball back when Duke in their heyday was great. Yeah. You went to Cameron Indoor and got beat by 25. I'm not dropping you down to 18. And I'm going to see if Arkansas can do it now. They've got to go do it against Ole Miss. Now, and that's why I was going to say I can't believe we're saying this at this point in the season. But this week, they're playing for the number two spot in the West, I think, right now. I, right? I agree. I mean, and, they have to get up. And, 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 and I'll say this. You'll have Ole Miss fans out there that will say, well, you punished us for losing to Alabama on the road. And, and I can understand that a little bit. But that's why I love this matchup this week because it's going to work itself out. Yep. And there's not enough room for us to add everybody in there that fits under the same standard. Sometimes you got to be 11. And that's why being a top 10 is kind of weird. You know, if you look at the top 12, Ole Miss would be in there for us. You threw in BYU even though, man, they barely beat South Florida. And South Florida is not a good football team. It's so weird for me to utter the phrase, South Florida is not a good football team. Should be the best in the country. That's like me being like, Northern Russia is not a good hockey team. Yeah, you should be, exactly. if, not the best, if not the best, the fastest. Yeah, d- definitely. Yeah, Northern I mean, Russia. Just, just saying that is weird to me. It's like an oxymoron. It's like jumbo shrimp. You know, it, it just, it's weird. It doesn't roll off the tongue right. But let's go to one through five, Coney. Now, this one's pretty standard, I think. I think a lot of people will have a very similar mm-hmm. one through five. You may have three and four may be a little bit different. Uh, but you got to put Cincinnati in there. You have to. I mean, they've handled business. So we got Cincy at five, Penn State at four, Iowa at three, and the college football gods have smiled upon us again. Yep. We got a matchup in there. And that one will work four. itself out. That one will work itself out. And right now, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I like Iowa at home. I know you picked a minus two and a half. I like him at home. They've got to put pressure on Clifford. And I'm not talking about get mad at him when the bid reg dog actually ran over yeah, a house. I'm, still I'm mad talking at about him. bring some pressure. Yeah, he's and, good, man. Because he'll, he'll throw it up now. Jahan Dotson, whoo. He's one of the top wide receivers. Look, God, he's one of the best you, I've seen. If you're um, if you're Cincinnati right now, you got Iowa playing Penn State to take care of itself. Feels great. And you look at the rest of your schedule. Read it out, Blaine. You got Temple at home. That's mm-hmm. a win. You play a UCF team that doesn't have their best nope, player. No anymore. Dylan Gabriel. Then you go to Navy. That's a win. Tulane got beat last week. Not looking. Tulane's as good. been struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think they lost East Carolina last week. Like um, then they have. Tulsa, who got beat up by Tulsa Houston, not a good football team. USF, SMU, and ECU. They don't even play that, Houston. That, they don't play Houston. Is, no, no. Wow. That SMU game could get a little weird. Though. Yeah, SMU's ranked twenty four. SM, right that now. SM, Where's that game at? That's at home. Oh. If you're Cincinnati, Look, you're licking your all the checks that right Cincinnati's now. had to make, and you've got a guy that could sneak around and be in the top five in the Heisman race in Desmond Ritter. And let's not act like Cincinnati's like Podunk USA. That's a pretty big city. That city's big enough, and that market's big enough that the Big Twelve was like, "Come here, come here, come on." I, I, I love where Cincinnati's. If you're Cincinnati right now, if Luke Fickle, it just in my mind, I know he's a very humble guy. I can just see Luke Fickle like in his man cave with like a cigar, with like his Ohio State stuff on, just like looking at where they are in the rankings right now in Cincinnati on the path to the playoff, knowing he was an Ohio State guy from Columbus, Ohio, knowing he's not going to get that head job anytime soon with Ryan Day there, just laughing, just with a cigar and like a little glass of, you know, maybe some very expensive whiskey. Just sipping it, just kind of enjoying the moment. Yeah, he's walking. It's got to be vindicating. So you don't see Urban to Cincinnati? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't see Urban to Cincinnati. There's a much better chance of Luke Fickle going to LSU than Urban to Cincinnati. But, you know, I just, what what I'm so excited about, I keep saying it, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Outside of Alabama and Georgia, the parody in college football is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. 
it is gorgeous and it's so refreshing to be able to talk about it and I'm so excited to see how it works itself out and then you mix that with the full capacity being back tailgate being back it just I, I feel like Ron Burgundy and the crew going to get a new suit you know that's how I feel yeah it, it feels good Blaine what is what's the booster club saying you had a scenario somebody dropped in the booster club you wanted to read me Blaine that if I that if that if somebody from the future came and asked me something, I thought yeah, that was, it was really good. 10-0. Okay. Yes, and he asked. Let me get to it real quick. I love this question. He asked Auburn versus Georgia. Yeah. Okay. And Auburn were to win. What would be the stat? If you're from the future and you come back and Auburn beats Georgia and you say, Wow, how that happened, what would be the standout stat for you that would decide that they won that game? Has to be turnovers. Has to be. It has to be. Look, to win this game, Auburn is going to have to score at least 14 points not on offense. I'm just telling you. That's really the only way I see it. Because outside of that, you know, Auburn's passing game is better than Arkansas's, in my opinion. Not by a ton because the wide receiver group isn't great. And Burks over there would be, you know, the chosen one in Auburn's wide receiver room right now. But I don't see them being able to run the ball against Georgia. And if you're going to be one-dimensional, like I said, I know I say it a million times. This is the last team you want to be one-dimensional against. No. So it had to be turnovers. Turnover special yeah. teams. And points score. I think if Auburn can score more points than Georgia, they mm-hmm. may have a they may have a wow. chance. Yeah. Yeah. So you really that. Done one type of research. How long you worked for PFF? Yeah. <laughs> That's some pretty good stuff right there. They that's, may have a chance. Yeah, David Cohn, Michigan degree, everybody. Look Michigan degree. Use it or lose it. Yeah, that's exactly hey, right. So we have actually have another question here from K Money. Ooh. And yes, a game that is under the radar due to last week's performance is the Ole Miss Arkansas game. For sure. Says so these teams were were good two weeks ago and they're still good teams. Yep. What are your keys to this game? I love it. We're gonna talk about this a little bit Friday too, but I'll start with Ole Miss. To me, it's getting back to running the ball. You know, Alabama took it away from them, and they, you know, with Mingo being hurt, and I know Drummond, you know, Drummond is talented. I remember Drummond when he was at Jones County. You know, he's got to show up a little bit more. Now, Braylon has to play better, but Bama tried to take him out of the game. Dontario Drummond has to show up, and the run game has to be there again for Ole Miss to be able to operate. Because, again, think about what we've talked about. And it's funny because offensively, their two ideologies are totally polar opposite. Mm -hmm. They're polar opposite. But defensively, they're not the same, but they're in the same food group. Yeah. Of we're going to get in our three down. We're going to keep it in front. We're going to make you grind out drives. So if you're Ole Miss, it should be a little bit easier to run the ball this week, even though Arkansas and Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry and them do a really good job. But to me, and I'm not saying Ely and Snoop have got to run for 300 yards. It's just got to be plausible enough where the yeah. defense is like, okay, we have to respect it because that's when Matt, all Matt needs is a little window. Speaking about Matt Corral, that's all he needs. What I think you're going to see out of Ole a little more this week, though, are some modified runs in the passing game, even more than what Lane does, the swings, you know, not necessarily check downs, but, you know, swing routes, angles, just stuff that's spitting it out quick, just stuff that is basically a, a short handoff in a pass form to the running back. I think you may see that if they struggle to run the ball again, because if anybody knows that, Lane knows that. But here's another question before I get to Arkansas keys to the game. I don't think Lane's going to be nearly as aggressive as he was on fourth down last game because the circumstances are sure, different. For sure, he yeah. knew that they had to score, score to on, a, on most, if not all, of their drives to be able to keep up with Alabama. Yep. And once Alabama got up two scores, what'd they just do? 
just like we said, we're going to turn around and hand it off, and we're just going to grind you down. And they just stacked stops on top of scores, and it put Ole Miss behind the eight ball. But theoretically, the way Arkansas drops eight so much, they should be able to run the ball more effectively, That's, that's what right? I'm saying. I they mean, should. Because, look, Arkansas is not going to change what they do. No. Yeah. I mean, Grant Morgan even said, you know, this, this our identity is who we are. Uh, they're not going to change what they do. Now, now does that mean there's going to be 25-yard runs and explosive plays in the run game? No. But if Ely can get four, mm-hmm. if Snoop can get five, it just makes it a little yeah, more respectable. Respect and those it. edges get a little bit wider. The perimeter gets a little bit safer. But in the passing game, too. Trey Williams may be a huge factor in this one coming off the edge for Arkansas because he can change a game by himself when you play a team that's going to put the ball in the air a lot, uh, especially if Corral's going to be facing him throwing, throwing to that side a lot is that, that right side defensive end. Uh, and, again, you play strong and weak, and we understand that, but some people call it buck, stuff like that. But uh, that's my key for Ole Miss. Now, for Arkansas, the key when you watch Arkansas, and, and I'm going to stick offensively here is that you don't need to try and do too much. You do not have to vary from what you do at all. Arkansas should be able to have a ton of success running the ball. And I'm going to call it right now, guys. You want me to go ahead and tell you? You want me to go ahead and tell you? K.J. Jefferson will have at least two rushing touchdowns. At least two. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits a big one. Not 70, but a 35, 40. It may be on a scramble. It may be on a design quarterback run. But I think KJ, the, the run game is going to be huge here, and then that's when they're going to be able to take their play action shots to Burks. Even though I don't, Ole Miss doesn't even giving up the run. Ole Miss isn't going to just start bringing everybody and loading oh, up the yeah, box. You saw that in the Alabama game. That's exactly they're... right because they believe they're going to score. They believe they can come back and, yeah. and score, and they're not going to sit here and change everything, you know, because it's desperation time. So uh, to me, those are the keys uh, for Ole Miss. It's being able to run the ball for Arkansas. It's be yourself. Dance with the one that brought you. Just because you struggled against Georgia a little bit and they shut stuff down, well, you went against a monster. All right, and the monster won. But that should not deflect or deflate no. Arkansas from thinking they are who we thought they were from a run game standpoint. They're a downhill Sam Pittman coach team. You've got good backs. You've got a quarterback that can run, and that opens up that intermediate passing game. And you may catch Ole Miss in a blitz once in a while, even though they don't do it a ton, and that's when you let Burks take his shots. But where you're going to see big plays in this game from the passing game is an intermediate pass that it, there's a broken tackle, and then they go. I don't think it's just going to be bombs over Baghdad you know, all the time, just you know, shot, 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 shot. Everybody. It's going to be shorter, the dig. You know, you're going to get your meshes. Guys, guys going high, low up and hitting the underneath. So, you know, one day I'm going to go through all those combinations so people understand what I'm talking Let's about. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll get on the board. We, we, have, um, we have a question here from Bank, Bank Six. Banks. Oh, Banks. Yeah, you heard it made it back Seen home, man. Glad you got back safe. He says, question, higher number, Georgia completed passes or Auburn points? Answer. What a good question. Wow, Banks, what – that's a tough one. All right, so Georgia completed passes. And our Auburn, our Auburn points. points. Give me Auburn points. Mm, I love it. I don't think Georgia's going to throw the ball a lot. Because I got a weird feeling Stetson Bennett's going to play again. I mean, why wouldn't he? Realistically, why wouldn't he? You just beat up Arkansas. Arkansas is a very good football team. Yeah. And um, Arkansas is not, in my opinion, they're well, better. They're better than Auburn. You're going to be at Jordan-Hare, but – if you're Stetson Bennett, like you don't have to do too much. No, just hand the ball off and he no. checks down. You'll win by forty. Yeah, it's look if if and again, you know I I like the Brian Harson hire. I think Auburn's going to be fine. But the personnel he inherited, yeah, is the personnel that he inherited. I mean, he's not a wizard. He can't just start being like, all right, and you're better. 
know, there's no Patronus spell to make the tackles be able to hold up against whatever's running at them from Georgia's defensive for, line. For some reason, I'm just super surprised by this line. Yeah. It just what? makes me feel like something weird, what something do you guys weird know? is going on. What by you, this 14 they know, and a half? They know that weird things happen in Jordan-Hare. Weird things that's what do they happen know. in Jordan-Hare. I just don't know what weird thing would but happen. Most, but would. most Auburn fans, and Auburn has a smart fan base, most Auburn fans look at this matchup and they're like, man, it's not it's not a great matchup, even though it's at home. But 14, look, if Auburn loses by 14 to Georgia. That's a win. I mean, that's you played them closer than a lot of other people going to play. Yep. And I just wonder, I just if I'm game planning, because I go back and I just think in my mind. Yeah, I just if I'm game planning against Georgia and I'm Auburn, I, I am I am Brian Harson and I am Mike Bobo. And I'm looking at my personnel and looking at their personnel. Okay. This goes back to basically what we were saying with KJ Jefferson and Georgia. They even talked about it during the broadcast of the game last week. The quarterback run game makes it truly on eleven and eleven. That's really only somewhat of a built-in advantage. Goes back to Florida versus Alabama with the quarterback run game, right? What was only built-in advantage? And KJ did have a couple runs. And KJ did, he did. And Bo can run it, so you're going to get some there. My question is, are you going to start to see the RPO game a little bit like 2013 Auburn, where hey, we're running RPO. All right, I'm going to keep the ball. I'm going to run it outside, and Bo actually did it. You know, it kind of happened accidentally. The, the one Marshall where he left left-handed, the left-hander, the left-hander uh, and it worked. I mean, to me against Georgia, you just you have to just try and keep all options on the table from an RPO yeah. standpoint and hope somebody slips in there. Because I don't think Auburn's going to line up and go, all right, guys, 11 personnel, split zone. Let's go get it, bud. <laughs> Good luck. By the way, does every team in the country run split zone? I think every team Probably. in the country it's a copycat league. runs yeah, split man. zone. But every one of the only one, I, I've not seen Army or Navy Mississippi run State. split zone. I've had to go back and look because i got a weird feeling that's in there somewhere. I just yeah. feel like every game I'm watching, I'm like, all right, split zone. They got it, too. Everybody's got it. It's like literally it's like forks and spoons. Just everybody's got them. Like, go to your house. You're going to find forks and spoons and knives. Question from Isaiah Moore. If Auburn pulls off the biggest upset so far this season, are they immediate top five team? Top five? Top five? <laughs> top five? <laughs> Zay, you're hoping hard, Free Merch Friday, is, former man. winner. No. Um... <laughs> You, if you look at it from my from from my vantage point, the way, the way I'm seeing it, I, if Auburn, I hope everybody realizes just for a second to take off your fan glasses for a second. If Auburn beats Georgia, that is a massive upset. They'll get Brian Harson a lifetime contract. Like that, that would be Jimbo money. Yeah, that, that would be ain't enough. Because first off, Auburn hadn't won in Baton Rouge since '99. Harson came in and said, "Check that." And Auburn hadn't beat Georgia in a cool minute. And, I mean, it's it's bad. It's what got, got Gus Miles on fire. Yeah, Gus, yeah. he didn't beat LSU, Georgia, or Bama on the road in his entire career at Auburn. Yeah. And was like, oh, no, keep him. Keep him, man. You remember 2013? You remember that Hail Mary? Half of them Navy midshipmen, boys. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, yeah. How's that going for you? Big Cat, stay on sides. But, you know, it would be the most – it would be massive. I'd, I'd probably put him at 10. Yeah, I'd probably put him at ten. I'd put him in the top ten, and, and then we'd see. But I, I would be, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. Yeah, but look, it's college for, football. If Arkansas, was, if Arkansas was in the top ten, then Auburn would. For be, you would sure have be to be. You would have to be top five. Loss. Auburn's only loss would be Penn State, who's at four. Yeah. Can you imagine just how? Let's just set this scenario up. <laughs> Penn State beats Iowa. 
Auburn beats Georgia. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're looking around like, how good is Georgia State? <laughs> that was Georgia State now. We, we, come, we come back with our top ten list the next week and say, no one knows. Yeah, That's just no one knows. Yeah. It's just question It's just marks. a picture of Blaine in his cloak <laughs> yeah. as the dark emperor. Yeah. It's like, this Beautiful. is it. We don't know. It's the Senate. That's who the top Beautiful. ten is. We got, we got a question here from Shacker Jack. Shacker Jack. Shacker Jack shows mad love on Dude, social media. He's a too. real one. He's a true hashtag OG boost. And he asks, how important is it for the Auburn to utilize post-snap reads and RPO versus Georgia since their defense is so good at statuing and using exotic blitzes? Well, you know, it's like we just talked about. To me, that's really the only way you can attack them is you have to be able to run plays with multiple options off of them, right. including Bo Nix running. The, the, one of the, the better questions to me is, do you try to attack Georgia with tempo? To you, just try like we said yesterday, you want to beat this Georgia team, you need a little bit of everything. Yeah. Plus some Jordan Hare. Some voodoo. Some, dust. some voodoo. Some dust. Dust. That normally they just say for Alabama. There's but, a show Jordan you know, prayer, right on the field. You need prayer and Jordan Hare, too. Yeah. You need you a sequel. Win outside you need the tackles. sequel. Here's the question. If Auburn, if Auburn beats Georgia in this game, do they storm the field? Ooh. What? Yes. I bet they do. I bet they do. I Looking bet they, but it's not. Look, I'm telling you right now. You took Georgia minus 14 and a half, right? I did. Is that line still not up? Is, is has it gone up at all? Because it was I'll at 14 check. and a half when we were eating lunch earlier. I'll check. I, I, I mean, that I, one, I, shout I out was thinking that it was going to go to 16 and a half minimum this week. And, and I know then, Arkansas was going there, but uh, Ar- uh, going to Georgia, but Arkansas was 18 and a half point dog. I know. I know, man. And I looked at that line. I had to double take. No, 14 and a half. Still 14. That's and what and makes half. me think, like. What's they going have that over on? Over under a forty-six and a half. Okay, so do the quick math, Blaine. Oh, great. Yeah. Do do. Let me do it to you. Do do. So they're probably thinking Almer's not scoring more than. I mean, you're, you're looking at. So I mean, you're, if Almer scored seventeen, I mean, look, I don't think this game is going to be forty-two to nothing, or anything like that, because I think Georgia is going to be really methodical on offense. Another big question you got to ask your Auburn is, can you stop the run? Yeah, that's what it like on defense. So it makes me think in my head that they're thinking Stetson Bennett might make a couple mistakes if he starts. Well, here's here's the thing as well. If you really think about it, the only way, in my opinion, Armand can win this game is if it's low scoring and ugly. Sure. Like 13-10. Yeah, mm. that's it. Something like that. And you just really get to Stetson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, no, yeah, no. you just you shut you him down offense. You just turn into a rock fight, kind of like the Clemson game a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I would – well, Clemson's extremely good on defense. Well, they, yeah, they were until they started dropping like flies. Yeah, they're all hurt. But, man, that's – look, I just – it's really hard for me to, to pick against Georgia not covering that spread right now just because you look at position matchups. This game comes down to matchups. Every sport, the game comes down to matchups. Even sport where there's one person. Tennis, not doubles, singles. Shout out David Cohn and the neighborhood tennis team. Alta. Alta. Cohn's like the Cone's like the the Randy Johnson of his tennis league. The Cone, Wood, Woodfield Cone. the Woodfield Wombat. Shout that's out true. Wombats. Yeah, Cone's like Cone's like the one guy that's like thirty four, everybody else like sixty three, so he's like Michael Jordan out yeah. there. <laughs> Cone, you remember that one time you invited us to play tennis? Yeah, yeah, you you came over. yeah, I yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't remember that time wow. either. Yeah, to join the team, not to just go hit balls around. Okay, we're not good enough. Major Schumacher, you hear that? The boys want on the team. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's As make it I happen. Say that we get a Michigan question in oh, here. Oh, throw it to school them. yard sports. I like the, here the they Michigan come. Michigan coalition. Cohn yes. is just bringing the, the Michigan Michiganders Coalition here. He's just if, bringing them with them. If you build it. 
They yeah. will come. What do they got for Does me? Does Michigan become a top four team if they are nine and zero going in, into the Penn State game? Is this Harbaugh's best Michigan team? Love the show and go blue. Go blue. First of all, thank you for your question. It Homer. depends on the rest Homer. of the depends on the rest of the landscape whether they'd be in the top four. I mean, like we said, a few things are going to work themselves out. Not only this week, but certainly over mm-hmm. the next. What would that be? Five, four weeks, five weeks, something like that. Is this his best team? Um, it's looking like it's his most complete team. Uh, they're still very weak in the secondary. I think Dax Hill's playing much better. There's still very there's still weaknesses in the secondary. But uh, it's to me, it's like what we talked about before. Somehow this guy has been able to change the attitude. That's been the biggest thing to me. Even when they were, I think they were, they've been nine and zero since Harbaugh's there. I think they've been six and zero several times since he's mm-hmm. been there. And still, I haven't seen this type of performance. That's well, what I'm saying. Yeah, well, you know what, too, and and I want to add this on. Y- because I try and look at everything when it goes into it. When I look at Michigan now before the season, there wasn't some like quarterback hype, some quarterback coming in that was like mm-hmm. this huge phenom. They're like, yeah, we got the McNamara guy. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be solid. That's what Jim Harbaugh needs. Mm-hmm. But it, but I'm watching a Michigan team when I watch them. That's a good that, way that to put doesn't, it. That doesn't it, – it, it's not that they don't make mistakes, but but they don't make the big mistake. Yeah. And, and it goes back to a lot of teams – lose games they mm-hmm. don't win them it's the iowa theory interesting stat right now michigan's the only team in the country that hasn't turned the football over once that is so difficult another to stat do. they haven't trailed yet this season okay but those are just those are just stats what i'm talking about is 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 you know the, the here's what i'm seeing things that haven't happened at michigan in a long time one expand on that wide receivers going and getting the football you can't tell me darby lou my wife can tell you how many times i've watched alabama play ohio mm-hmm. play Auburn play, you know, over the last five years, and I look at these wide receivers go catch footballs, and I'm like, I've never seen a Michigan wide receiver do that in half a decade. And haven't yeah. in this season, I'm seeing them doing it, going and grabbing the football out of there. That's something new. Two, lining up under center and going forward on fourth down, especially near the goal line. Three years ago, when we were supposed to uh, be favorites yeah. against Ohio, we're lining up in the shotgun. Maybe you know Harbaugh's my, just playing with house money. Maybe I he's think like, that's you know what? what? It is. He's like, maybe you know what? Let's just go for I it. I think that's what it is. House money. There's still a few things that are happening. I've seen the last few seasons, which is us getting beat in the secondary and mm-hmm. us getting beat in man coverage. We'll have to get that stuff figured out. Well, well, let me let, let me ask you this too. Do you think other ads are going to look around? Maybe if they have a coach that's kind of flailing or something like that, and say, you know what? Going. Maybe instead of firing this guy, if we just take some money I away see where from you're going. him. Because we made fun of this in the offseason. We said, yeah, that always works. Give yeah, a guy for half sure. the money, money, he'll do twice, twice as, as good. good. I think it's a unique situation in that he's a Michigan man, and he played quarterback mm-hmm. for Bo. I think his pride's on the line, and he desperately wants to make this work in a way that I don't think you can say that for every single coach at every university. Am I wrong? No, 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 no. I, I think you're 100% correct. Also, his correct. khakis this week were navy blue. There you go. Wow. 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 Was he wearing them with cleats again? Which I guess I don't know if they're and still khakis helmet? at that point. That I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was cleats. Oh, those cleats were on. He's buddy. a guy that wears cleats in the kitchen. You know, just like like click clack like in it's the an kitchen. Under Armour now commercial. That, hey, there's a show. That's exact cleats, cleats in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Call Man, us. We, we may Call have just us. came up with a segment. Just <laughs> and we got a new segment tomorrow. A brand new sponsor. Yes, can't wait to tell you guys wait. about that. We're but gonna go ahead. Finish right, your so, thought though. So, what I'm wondering is, and you know the Michigan landscape and administration. I love we're getting into Michigan too. I like this. This shows it's yeah, it's cone cone. It's working. Yeah, cone. It's working. He's where's Waldo in this well, thing? Yeah. But so so what happens if Michigan? Let's say Michigan goes off this year. Mm-hmm. Let's say they beat Ohio State, and they're a legitimate playoff contender to get in, okay. not to win anything. Okay. 
does all of a sudden the narrative change on Harbaugh? And they're like, listen, we, we want to pay your money back and give you this, this, that, and the other. Yes. Well, I don't know the details on what exactly this contract. I don't know when this contract would end. I mean, look, there were a lot of people who were saying that, you know, that the reason that this contract was weird where they cut the money in half was because it his contract ran out last season. So mm-hmm. everyone was like, well, this is a good time just to yep. cut ties. Yep. You know what I mean? But, yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, if he wins out, I mean, even uh, he's going to be the coach at Michigan for seasons to come even if he doesn't win out because, they've, they're, I mean, they're having a good yep. season. And clearly Michigan has shown that they want to keep Harbaugh around. Even if here's, – here's the thing. I, this is what I tell Michigan fans. They always ask me this about Coach Harbaugh. When I was there, Lloyd Carr brought me in and Rich Rodriguez came in, yep. right? Not a, not a right fit for the Big Ten and what we were doing at that time. And I think the Michigan ADs are so – you know, petrified to make another yeah. wrong hire yeah. like that. The thought has been like what you were saying about LSU. Well, we're LSU. We can get by at least even in our bad seasons. Mm-hmm. Michigan has lived through what the floor can be. They thought, yeah. well, our floor is always seven wins, and we can deal with that till we get a next good coach. They see no. Actually, the floor could be three wins if we hire the wrong yeah. coach. Yeah. Do we want to stick with Coach Harbaugh, who's at least winning seven games in his worst year, worst seasons, or eight games in his mm-hmm. worst seasons, and then that be our floor? But the price we pay for that is not beating Ohio and not making the college football players. And you have most Michigan fans who are saying, no, we want to be the best. We're Michigan. We can go get the best. But maybe he's the guy who still figures it out. Look, he still played for Bo. He's still a Michigan man. Let's see what happens. That, that'd man. be a hell of a thirty for thirty. What if I told you? Wouldn't it though? That would I mean, be. wouldn't it? I and mean, you know what? Good for him. And let's Good not. For him. Hey, we're talking about Urban Meyer and, and Jim Harbaugh in the same segment here. I mean, let's not forget that it was Urban Meyer who was giving him problems. I mean, it was a great football coach at Ohio who he wasn't yeah. able to beat, it's which shocked boy. me for a long time. But you know, he was getting big boys. It wasn't like he was just you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, for sure. you were facing one of the best. All right, man. What else we got? In the we actually have a question here from David Heron. Ooh. And he asks, who wins the Oklahoma versus Texas, our new SEC brethren? You you have something on this. Tell him. Here he goes. Look at him. <laughs> I want everybody to look me in the eyes right now. And if you're on audio, I'm sorry. If you can't see that, this is me staring at the camera. If you're for audio, this you on the podcast. Look in the eyes. Still look me in the eyes on audio. <laughs> Texas Moneyline. Texas, Texas Moneyline. Money line. He gave away Texas one of money his line. picks. I'm taking You're welcome, them, David. I'm taking them, and you know what? If I, I, love that I would bet. love the under at 63 and a half too. There's your double play. Give me Texas money line. Give me the under 63 and a half. Texas fans, how about that? How about some love for the Texas fans? Thank you. Who have absolutely roasted. And I love Texas. Listen, I lived in Fort Worth, guys. You know, for when I was younger. I know that's TCU country, but it's still in you know the country of it, Texas. It counts. It does. But Texas money line and the under. Mm-hmm. Another question here from Adam Swindell, and he asks, Ooh. do you all think Mike Gundy could win the Big 12 this year? They're sneaking still undefeated. Oklahoma State has been sneaky. They have, And listen, Mike Gundy, he's a man. All right? He's 40. At least not anymore, but he was 40 at some point in time. But, no, I've been very surprised. Uh, you know, you look at Oklahoma State, you're like, they're 5-0. and It's like, all right. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of see who they played. You're like, all right, nobody, you know, outstanding. But, that dude, the Big 12, I look at the Big 12 right now, there's no dominant team in the Big 12. No. I don't look at the Big 12 and say Oklahoma's just going to route everybody. Mm-hmm. And even when Oklahoma's been really, really good, that Red River shootout's been been pretty tight. And, look, I, th- I still think, guys, that Texas is pissed about the Arkansas game. Mm. And did they play great against TCU on the road? No. But, but that TCU team in Gary Patterson has given Texas more problems, had beaten them seven out of ten times. That's 70%. And they went there and won that game. They were up 12 late, gave up the touchdown yeah. late. You know, they absolutely ran Texas Tech out of the gym. 
I, I just I look at this and I think with Casey Thompson, I think that team's pissed off. Bijan Robinson, we know is a stud. That defense has got to get better though. Yeah. The defense, They're, if they can stop the run against Oklahoma, which a lot of people have done, mm-hmm. I like Texas to win this game. And I'll throw a hook him out there for you guys. Yeah. And I was talking horns down and all that stuff when they were crying about how, you know, if you do horns down, that's a penalty. Well, it's kind but of I'm like, going to go yeah. hook him on they this They kind one. of had to learn their lesson a little bit. They're they talking did. a lot, then they played talking against Arkansas, lot. and the way yeah. they got beat was we're going to beat you in the back alley and we're going to find out real quick. Yeah, yeah. well, on. it's regular season. Yeah. Like, that's why I said it's not a one-off bowl game. But Texas will come in and be be initiated into that and adjust to that. Yeah. And Texas is it will be good enough. It has enough resources, obviously, to be able to adjust to that fine. But I'm going to take the horns, guys. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm riding too, with man. them. I, like I took that. Kentucky. I took Cincinnati. I'm taking the horns. There you go. I, you're right, though. They have to figure some things out on defense. They do. They're not good on defense. They and, do. But, hey, I think Bijan Robinson might be one of the best players in America. Man, I mean, that, that seems kid like a dreidel. Is just stays up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Get him the football and Strong watch in the legs, him work, man. man. He's and really. That offense is looking good under Sark. They, they are. And the, the quarterback change looks good. Like I was watching that. Uh, that was another thing. Their defense is very weak. I still don't think they're very strong at quarterback. But I'm not saying he's great, but he's He's a better runner. That yeah. guy can run. Fair enough. But by the grace of Steve Sarkeesian's play calling yeah. and the ability to get the ball in this B. John Robinson kid's hands, mm-hmm. man, that's serious. Pretty to if watch. you watch serious. yeah, if you just it's it's so clean watching them formationally on offense, because you can mm-hmm. watch Texas and even if a play doesn't work, Sark's so good, you can go back and watch and be like, I see why you did that. I see why you did that. You were one guy away. Sark really never calls bad plays. Like like he doesn't put his guys in a situation from a personnel standpoint that you're asking too much of them. And, and, and I think that's something that, that is a talent because yeah. a lot of guys go in there and say, well, for this play to work, you've got to do this. Steve Sarkeesian says, well, if i got to say that, then I'm not running this play. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll run something else that fits our strength, and I'm good enough, and I'm innovative enough, and I've absorbed enough information to say, all right, well, these are our strengths. This is what we're going to do. Then I'm going to recruit to do what I want to do, which is what? Everything. Yeah. That you watch Alabama last year, it was everything. Yeah. Now they had great players, duh, For but sure. what is recruiting? Just yeah. imagine when he gets to go into one of those five star Texas He'll quarterbacks home and say, look, Hey, look, hey, he don't leave have, the state. It's like getting lame. Hey, he might have come Manning. To Texas. He might have young Manning on Come it's, back to Texas. Yeah, it's like getting Lane Kiffin. It's a it is a solve to an offensive problem, and especially the quarterback position. Sark got Bryce Young to go to Alabama. Okay. That that's what Sark was the guy. That was his guy. And, and I, when you have a guy like that that is an instant solve and, and understands, hey, listen, I'm not going to sit here and micromanage the defensive guys. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to be the head coach and this, that, and the other, but I'm going to let my defense coordinator do it. They just don't have the personnel right now on defense, I don't think, yeah, when I, I watch agree. them. They, they just don't. Well, Sark becomes a player rather than play calling. One, he has great feel. He does, right? and which he is always you calls have have. plays that matches his personnel. Yep, right? that's exactly that's right. And he's Bama. setting you up. The yeah. best OCs, we talked with Hugh Freeze about this. Uh, we have a special announcement I'm going to make at the end of the show about a guest we're having on tomorrow uh, who's a witch in his own right. But it, there's something to having feel and being able to set plays up. And Sark is going through it just just almost like a Sudoku where it's like process of elimination of the things that you're doing and the things that I can set up for later. And he always saves two or three of his best plays or maybe some new stuff they've worked on for that crucial moment. He doesn't pull the trigger too early, even if they're down, which a lot of OCs like, oh, we're down 7 nothing. run the trick play. Or we're down 7 nothing. we got to start doing uh, something totally different.
different than what we've done. He doesn't panic. And there's a lot of coaches out there for our audience. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of coaches out there that panic. They're panickers on the sideline. And it would blow your mind if you could hear it through the headset. It would blow your mind. What's the Booster Club saying, Blaine? We actually have a question here from Schoolyard Sports. Oh, he's coming back. The, day, the mission guy said, what are the top three complete staffs in college football? Ooh. Well, number one, I'm going to say Alabama. You'll know this one the best. Yeah, you know these guys. Number one, I'm going to say Alabama. And I'm looking at everything, if you want to talk about everything, all the way from strength and conditioning. So give me Bama number one. I would say number two to me would be Georgia. Not Clemson. Not Clemson. Okay. No, I would put Georgia number two. And, and you know, people will say, oh, well, Clemson's having a bad year, this, that, and the other. But if you look at that staff, I mean, Tony Elliott and Brent Venables, they, they don't have a quarterback this year on offensive line. I mean, it's you it, miss it is on what guys. it is. Like it you miss you, on you guys, miss it, on happens. Guys. it happens. It ha- and they'll fix it. I guarantee you Clemson fixes it and fixes it in a hurry yeah. with the way they recruit. But I, I would go, I would say Alabama, I would say Georgia, and I would say Clemson. And it's yeah. amazing that Venables has been there. That's as long what as I was going to say to you. I mean, having them in the top, you'd have to. The fact that Venables had stayed there as a coordinator this mm-hmm. long. I mean, what do you have to say about that? Well, look, and and you know, I, I don't know his personal life personally, but whenever I see that, I'm either you know he's getting paid really well. I think he's getting paid two million somewhere, maybe more than that. But it's just. It feels to me like there has to be something there for him not because those guys are so competitive. Yeah, like he's and he's been in DC and won national championships and they've had great dominant defenses and this that. He's done everything that he could do at Clemson, and now sometimes you have situations where and and this isn't for him, but like a Chris Peterson where you have a son or a daughter or something where they mm-hmm. need special care and that that university may be one of the best in the country at doing it and you want to stay there and that's that's one thing. I don't think that's the situation here uh, unless for some reason I just totally missed that over the, over the past couple of years. It's just he's done everything that you can do at Clemson. We, Tony Elliott's name has popped up for jobs. Yeah. Maybe just, you know, some guys just don't want to be in HC. It's, well, it's very rare. Uh, I know. It's, it's very rare. rare. It's a, at that level. Like s- some, you know, that get to a certain level, no, I'm good. Or, or some guys, I just want to be a position coach. I don't want to be a coordinator or whatever. But I look at Brent Venables, I see how competitive he is. If you watch that guy on the sidelines, it looks like he's playing. Like, after the I game, it looks it. like I love it. I, I would love, love playing for that guy. It you know, says it's a lot a, about Dabo, too. Yeah, people yeah. need to realize it, it might look like an easy job, but to get back coach, that ain't easy. No, it's not easy at all, like, especially when you're having to pull back, Brent, like, Brent Coach Saban or somebody yeah. like that. You're like, hey, coach, hey, coach, hey, oh, coach. It's oh, like you please, just tap him please, on the – Please, Because he's like on uh, – what's his name <laughs> on The Dictator? Me, Sasha Baron Cohen, he like, looks at him he's like – Yeah, the whole thing. Like, he pulls Coach Saban back, he just points at him, he's like – yeah. Legitimately. Somebody in the stands is like, all right, hey, Coach Saban, he uh, hit the throat slash time. We got a good guy out of here. But, no, great questions. Uh, welcome to the chat, too. Welcome to the Booster Club. Uh, and, and like I always say, it's the greatest grassroots movement of our of our generation. It's going, It's amazing. Man. And it just keeps going up. Thanks to you guys. It's been another great show. Thanks to Kiaris Jackson, Grant Morgan. Got a great show tomorrow with head old miss coach Lane Kiffin. Mm. Yeah. Bring your popcorn. Happening. That's happening, guys. Uh, cannot wait to talk to him. Got a big matchup against Arkansas. I want to talk some ball with him because, I mean, it's, he's just he got his full of knowledge, grew up in it. Obviously, you know his dad. But he, it's, it's funny because everybody's like, oh, well, your dad's Monty Kiffin. Look, Lane's his own guy. For Lane's sure. done it his own way. And and you have to be smart in, in different ways to be able to do what he's done. And some people like him. Some people don't. But that's fine. At least he's himself. And at the end of the day, you know, the kids love him. Players love him. He's Fans great, love man. him, and he's got Ole Miss back relevant again. We talk about him almost every day, mm-hmm. almost every day. 
and, and that's big for Ole Miss. But thank you guys for joining us. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Make sure you check out everything on the Volume YouTube channel, too. we got some great stuff for you. You're going to drop some clips and the audio from this at 6 Eastern. That's 5 Central. We appreciate you guys. And I'm going to mix it up today. And like Jim Harbaugh, being irrelevant, we're going, going, going. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. The Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.